With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Grecian's Gossip. I am Jack Ball and joining me to look back over some more good times at Exeter City is Jamie Hawkins and Daniel Clark. Hello guys. Hiya. Hello. You must both be very happy. Um, we'll get to the cup game in a little later. But first, there's obviously another league win uh, over Morecambe, a 2-0 victory. Uh, just good times keep on coming at the moment. Yeah, I mean, neither of us were, were actually at the game, but um, was following it as often as I could. And it sounded like it wasn't the, the best performance um, by Exeter. It sounded like we were sort of hanging on for, for large parts of it. And um, Chrissy Pym made one or two great saves. And along with um, one or two poor misses from, from Morecambe, um, it might have been a different game. But, you know, I think you've just got to... It's a, it's an old cliche, but you've got to take your chances. And that's exactly what, what City did. And, you know, following on from a, a good win, good performance at, at Carlisle, um, Morecambe, I know they're one of the favourites to to go down. Um, obviously, they were thrashed 6-0 on the opening day. But um, yeah. it's always going to be a, a tough place to go. You know, it's a long way away. Um, so I think it was always just going to be about the result more than the, the performance on Saturday. Yeah. Don't like Daniel. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Morecambe, I think most people have them as pre-season favourites for relegation. And, you know, I think their first few performances this season suggest that's probably about fair. But it's, you know, it's, it's always a game you've got to go and win. Obviously, City, they went up there last year and they lost away at Morecambe, which was, you know, a, a really poor result against a, a poor side. So, you know, it's a game that you've just you've got to get the win. I mean, again, it doesn't seem like it was the best performance but it was you know in the end a fairly comfortable 2-0 win against a, a side who you know I don't think you, you know you'd you'd have expected anything else other than the win but you've got to get those wins you've just got to you know it's a you know it makes the start season you obviously continues a good start you know another win over you know you know not maybe you know haven't had the, not the hardest start in terms of the the fixtures but you know it's getting points on the board and getting a bit of momentum that you know, can put put you ahead of you know other sides, so that you you know you've got move you know the room to manoeuvre and to you know to drop a few points and still be near the top of the league later on. And also, you know, if you ask anyone to name a side, whether it's Premier League or League Two, that put in a good performance every single game, it just doesn't happen, does it? You know, players have to sometimes grind out results, and like you said, doing it against teams that are expected to struggle is sometimes the type of games where teams can slip up and that can be what can cost them either a place in the playoffs or a, a top three position. So it's important to get wins against these types of teams. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, you look at teams that always um, do well and or end up, you know, being there, they're all thereabouts. They, they're always point to these sort of games as it's all about the result, especially for Exeter. I mean, I know they, you know, they used to, long trips away but for me I I think it really does play such a important factor you know cause it's such a long trip up there and I know they wouldn't have been affected by it but it sounded like quite a few supporters had trouble getting up there with with travel and 
and whatnot. Um, so yeah, and it's not just. I was gonna say it's not just getting there either. It's getting back. You know, you know, if you don't mm. get back till late, and then it can affect training. Whether you have a day off, it, it can all all add up, especially in midweek fixtures. Yeah, and then obviously, you know, I don't know when they would have got back quite late on on Saturday night, I suppose, and then they've only got a couple of days to prepare for um, Ipswich on Tuesday. So, yeah, it's all about the the preparation, isn't it? But you know, for Exeter, they they've just got to, they're used to it. They've just got to get on with it. Unfortunately, they don't have the you know the luxury of like Premier League clubs who fly out there, you know, stay the night before and just fly straight back. It's all you know up and down on the motorway on a coach. You know, they would have stayed the night before, but um, and it sounds like Matt Taylor sort of changed his his ways with these long trips. Whereas Tisdale would, you know, just give the players the Friday off and they would travel. It sounds like Matt Taylor. Um, on the Friday morning, got the plays in for trading and them, um, and then travelled straight up. So, and you know, obviously it works. So he's he's changed the way that they approach these sort of long journeys, and well, so far it's it's paid off for them. I suppose the, you know the other thing, obviously the the long journeys. You know, it, although it's a long journey for all the away games, that actually for the home games, it's everyone else making long journeys down to Exeter, and they're the ones who are going to have to sort of make the four or five hour trips to, to grounds and. You know, as we've seen for the last you know couple of years, the home form is just you know has been is really sort of turned around, and you know I think they've sort of the last two seasons won more home games than anyone else in the, in the football league. So whether that's you know down to you know, it can be down to a number of factors, but the fact that everyone else is having to make long trips to Exeter to play those games definitely can't hurt the Grecians. Mm-hmm. Exactly, it's quite funny when you speak to opposition press and they say things like. Oh, this is you know Exeter is one of our furthest games of the season, and, and it's one of you know so one of our closest games in the season, and it could be one of your furthest. It's it's, it's a bit crazy, really. But I mean, the goals that they were speaking about, Pierre Sweeney obviously scored a penalty, and Jaden Stockley got his first goal of the season. Um, happy for him to be off the mark. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously top scorer last season did so so well. Um, you know, it's funny because he there's some games last season where he did go a bit quiet and didn't have his, his best games whether that was him or perhaps the service he was getting but um yeah when you're a, a top scorer and you know the pressure's on to get at least 20 25 goals a season like he did last season it's always going to carry on and um you know he you know be delighted with 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 that um he's the sort of player that you know once he gets that goal he you know he'll start banging them in and um hopefully that's the case for Exeter, um, because he's definitely going to be such a, a, a key player for for them this season if they are to, to to have more success and you know go on better than they did last season. I think it's pretty, important for him to to get his to get his goal on on against Morecambe because in reality you should have had a hat trick probably on, on against Carlisle in the mm. first game of the season missed two or three pretty much you know absolute sitters really so you know to put that behind him and get off the mark in the next game. Is you know it's just you know the kind of thing that you know you're not going to have a long goal drought at the start of the season. You've got a goal and can forget about the fact that you should have scored three on the first day because he's got one now. And it may have been a quiet day on transfer deadline day, but just how important do you both think it was for Exeter to keep hold of Jaden Stockley? I mean, that's got to be a, the best bit of business over the summer, isn't it? Oh, huge! I mean, anyone, any club can just look at you know they'll look up Jaden Stockley and he scored 25 goals last season and. Most clubs are going to be having an eye on him. You know, it sounds like he's linked with Sunderland, Ipswich, and a few others. But um, I don't know. I wasn't really too worried that he'd be going. I thought, you know, he 
if he, I mean, if he has another season like he did last season, then he'll definitely be a, a target for for bigger clubs. But I don't know. I wasn't. There was never any real doubt for me that he was going. I think I was more concerned about um, Hiram Boateng, to be honest with you, because he was oh, just really? absolutely brilliant last season. And um, you know, he's he scored a brilliant goal, of course, against Lincoln in the, the playoffs, which is on TV. So that would have attracted quite you know a few. Um, you know, viewers and perhaps any scouts or coaches watching, but um, obviously he, you know, stayed on. Is, is happy here. Um, so yeah, I mean, obviously they lost. You know, Jordan Moore Taylor, the captain, and Jordan Story, and they were huge losses. Um, but Matt Taylor's, you know, brought them in well. Uh, replacements, you know, Troy Brown, and Aaron Martin seem to be forming a, a strong partnership at, in defence. Um, but yeah. Had they lost Stockley as well, I would be slightly concerned. Um, but then, on the other hand, you know, they've brought in, you know, Jonathan Fort, Lee Martin, got Matt Jay, who played really well on, on Tuesday night as well. So, um, yeah, he's definitely built a, a really strong squad. Um, and obviously, you know, Taylor must have said the right things to Stockley to convince him to, you know, ignore any uh, speculation about him, him moving on. And, yeah, he said the right things. I mean, I know it's early days, but they're top of the league with, with two games gone. Um, can it have been any better the start they've had in, in terms of their League Two season? Uh, not really, I don't think, at this stage. I mean, um, uh, perhaps you'd have liked the clean sheet against Carlisle on the first day, but that's about, you know, that's nitpicking at the, at the highest level, really. I mean, it's, mm. it's two, you know, two wins out of two. I mean, two, you know, it was a, the Carlisle win was a, was a really good performance, and then, you know, they held out in the second half when Carlisle put them under pressure. They, gone away to Morecambe and you know, you know grind out a victory without being at their best and then they've you know they've taken on a, a championship side in the cup who who made actually actually made more changes than Ipswich did and they, you know we'll come on to that one in a second but they've knocked them out of the cup so they've you know into it as well so as as far as things has gone you know it looks to be all going swimmingly on the pitch I mean the new signings you know we've seen you know every single new signing we've seen on so far as you know, as impressed, and you know, mm. looks like you know the, the recruitment this summer, they've got it right because obviously those players going out, they needed, you know, they needed reinforcements at the back and, and up front. But you know, it's what we've seen so far is that you know the likes of you know Nicky Law, Jonathan Fort, uh, Tristan Abrahams, and Lee Martin. I think like, on Tuesday night in the cup was excellent playing in that, you know, in that wide role and driving at defenders. Aaron Martin settled in at the back and. You know they've got a couple. You know the youngsters, Archie Collins and and Jack Sparks, who can play sort of in wide attacking roles as well. We you know we've seen them in pre-season, in seasons gone, look quite yeah. impressive. But uh, you know sort of drifted in and out of the side last season. But the, you know it was you know they put together. You know they both came on the game. They helped to change the game, and it was really impressive to see what you know them stepping up to to first team level and putting performances sort of giving. I guess Matt Taylor a little bit of a selection dilemma as to as to who starts and who's on the bench and who misses out the squad on on Saturday because obviously I think the likes of Lee Holmes was and Jonathan Fort were rested you know Jaden Stockley came off early and you know no one's really done anything to deserve to be dropped from the side but someone is going to have to be because yeah everyone is is you know they they took their chance so far so you know some some good selection dilemmas for him to have to think about. 
and that's a good position for a manager to be in. Well, let's just hear a little bit from Matt Taylor. Obviously, Jamie, you spoke to him after the uh, the game against Ipswich Town in the cut. So let's just have a few uh, listen to him now. Yeah, they were big calls to make by you. I mean, the players that you took off more so than the young lads coming on, taking off Botang and Stockley, you know, sort of big, experienced players and key players. At yeah, definitely. But you could see the way the game was going. We needed fresh legs, and we needed some some fresh legs at the top end of the pitch. Put their back foot under pressure. Like I say, with no disrespect for them, I thought we could get at them in offensive situations. So to get legs in around them, a bit of power at the top end of the pitch, just gave us an outlet. And then that led, meant the defence and midfield could get higher up the pitch, and we started to build a bit of pressure at times. Um, but what I have to say, look, the, I've mentioned the young boys, some senior boys, Jake Taylor playing 19 again, putting his body on the line, and, and Jordan Tilson coming in and doing another good job. But it is a, a collective effort, but I'm delighted. Three wins from three, Matt. You kind of asked for a better start, could you? Yeah, but I keep easy. saying it. It's, it's just a start. It's far from easy. It, it will get tougher and tougher and tougher. Newport, we've watched them time and time again. It'll be a hell of a test at the weekend. Um, but it's a game we're looking forward to. I want the lads to enjoy the football and, and look forward to every game. Like I say, they got re their rewards tonight and hopefully the draw will be kind to us one way or another um, and we'll see where we get, but our minds are straight on Newport now. So there it is. That's Matt Taylor's view after the game against Ipswich. Oh, Jamie, I mean, you spoke to him. Was, was he happy after that result? He cannot have been, can he? Yeah, definitely. I mean, he, you know, to, to knock a championship team out, it's just brilliant. I mean, no matter how poor Ipswich were, you know, it, it's such a big thing, to, you know, to be beating a team that are two leagues above you. And they played such a strong team as well, Ipswich. You know, you had sort of Freddie Sears and there, obviously, he's, you know, he came through at West Ham in the Premier League and Travis Shalabur on loan from, from Chelsea as well. So two, a, two players who went to the World Cup in their side starting lineup as well. So Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, Taylor was delighted. He highlighted the young players. Um, he made a really big calls in terms of substitutions. You know, he took Stockley and, and Boateng off, which, you know, a big calls for, for youngsters with Archie Collins and Jack Sparks coming along, along with Tristan Abrahams. You know, they're all teenagers, you know, 17, 18 years old. And to me, when he made those subs, I thought, sort of thought he had almost given up, you know, trailing the game well, the, at the moment. So but, was the sub, were the subs made before the, the equaliser, were they? Yes, yeah, yeah. It was about 55 minutes into the game, so still... And they all had an impact. It was Jack Sparks' free kick that led to the, the equalising goal. Um, so it just shows, again, how much faith you know managers have in the young players at Exeter City. You know, um, they made such a, a, a big impact. Collins came on and made a, a lovely run and had a deflected shot that just went wide. And they all scored penalties in, in the shootout as well. So... Um, yeah, Taylor was delighted. He's obviously keeping his his firm his feet firmly on the ground. because um, yeah. he's <laughs> he wasn't having a dig at Ipswich, but he said he was waiting. He's still waiting to be really tested um, as a team because although they went behind, it was the first time they've been behind this season, and um, there was still a long way to go. And you know, obviously he's expecting bigger tests to come, starting with with Newport on Saturday. But yeah, it was a great performance. It's, Cracking cup tie, I have to say. I mean, Exeter couldn't really get the ball the first sort of five, ten minutes, and you're starting to think, you know, it's just going to be one of those where, you know, the championship quality is, is coming through, but they grew into the game. Um, I think Taylor said they showed too much respect to him in the first half, which is, which is fair, but second half, it was a, a different performance, and, you know, when Exeter got the equaliser, I thought there was only one team that was going to win it, and it was going to be them, and, you know, it's dramatic penalty shootout but they're all cracking penalties apart from 
Jake Taylor's and did someone else miss? I can't remember who. Oh, but... Sweeney should have missed. It went straight through the keeper's yeah. hands. But <laughs> <laughs> and they scrapped, they scrapped the ABBA system this year. You guys gone back to the normal normal penalty shootout. Yeah, I was able to keep up with it this yeah, time. Yeah, all, all those all those jokes about ABBA we've written down last season. Now I've got to throw them away because they're not not in use anymore. But I mean, it's sort of. It's what it was, a, you know, it was one of the things they trialed last season, and I don't think it really made too much of a difference actually to you know the sides, which you know, as to whether the sides going seconds and won more penalty shootouts or not. I mean, it's much easier to to follow the the traditional A B A B system, and yeah, I think actually I'm not entire. I think actually Ipswich, you know, they won the toss and they chose to yeah. instead have the it kicked into the where the away stand used to be and will be in the future but in front of an empty stand and rather than going first so they obviously weren't too too bothered about it but you know it was a you sort of you know we've seen Exeter's recent penalty shooting record hasn't been good and got off to a pretty terrible start with Jake Taylor's penalty which you know was soft and easy to save but you know Christy Pym made a good save to to level it up straight away and then the you know the rest of Exeter's penalties you know we're all, you know, top corner, unsavable yeah. ones. And uh, Trevor Shalaber, you know, probably, you know, impressed throughout the game. But, you know, sort of it seems to have taken on the, the, the English footballer curse of the penalty shootout. And <laughs> the shot would probably have missed a second goal. It was that far wide and, <laughs> and sort of damaged one of the vans uh, behind the goal. So, you know, but it was a good, you know, it's a good, you know, it's good to, you know, to get the win on a penalty shootout because that's something else. We've seen in recent years that City haven't been able to win them, so that's another yeah. sort of just hoodoo off their back for the minute. And it's interesting, it's interesting they've actually scrapped, you know, the the extra time as well. You know, I was I was talking to someone on the way back from the game recently and saying, you know, I think that could really benefit some of the you know the lower league teams because you know you would expect the Championship teams and the Premier League teams when they come into the competition to possibly have a bit more fitness about them with the facilities they have. So the fact it goes straight to penalties, I think that could really help some of the lower league teams. And I think it's deserved. If they've, if they've kept them level over the 90 minutes, then maybe it's, it's, it's right they go straight to penalties. Yeah, I think sort of as we sort of saw that you know, the last five, ten minutes of the game were... Well, both sides were sort of still going for the win and have, creating chances, even into into stoppage time. I think you know, Abraham's had a good shot saved for for Exeter, and Craig Woodman made a a vital clearance, you know, in stoppage time at the other end to keep Ipswich out. But what we've seen in previous seasons, sort of games getting to the last five minutes or so, and no one wants to risk it, knowing there's another thirty minutes of extra time yeah. coming up. So they sort of just settle for the draw a little bit and. It all gets a little bit tight, and then it goes to extra time, and no one really wants to lose it in extra time. So games sort of just drift towards penalties. While as you know, on Tuesday night, both sides were still going for it right at the end end of the game. So perhaps you know, perhaps not really fancying their chances in a penalty shootout. So keep going and trying to win within you know it within the normal time. I mean, I'm going to put you both on the spot now. Obviously, we're recording this podcast on Thursday morning, so when some of you listen to this, the draw for the second round will have already been made. But at the moment, as we're recording this, it hasn't been made. So who are you both fancying? Uh, for the start of you, Daniel, who would you like to see X to get? Uh, the lowest-ranked team at home, whoever they, you know, it's the <laughs> likes of Newport or Cheltenham, Forest Green, someone like that, you know, because, OK, there's no glamour tie involved and it's not a big money spinner, but it's... It's a tie that you could, you know, go on and win the game. Really, you know, there's no seat, there's no seeding at this stage. It's still, well, it's still north-south split. But, you know, it's, you know, particularly if the season is starting off as well as it is, you can just want to keep the momentum going and 
keep picking up these wins. So, you know, a chance, you know, if, if you can get another tie that's as winnable as it can possibly be and, and get into the third round, and because that, that's when the the real big boys, the, you know, the Premier League yes. side two in Europe enter. So, there's, you know, you know, then you've got your chance of either, you know, trying to have, get another tie that's winnable or the opportunity to, to get one of those, you know, big Premier League sides either at home, you know, for the, you know, the TV game and the chance of the upset or the, or an away game for the big money spinner. So, you know, it's the third round when the real big, you know, Premier League sides come in. So you want to make sure you're in that, in the hat for that draw. And Jamie, are you with a similar view or would you like a team like West Ham? Yeah, I'm kind of the other side to be honest. I, you know, you've obviously got a lot of big clubs coming in, like you said, West Ham, and I don't know. I would like a a nice away trip to Cardiff or Southampton or I don't know Crystal Palace, somewhere like that. Um, I think it would be a a great, you know, I say a day out, a, a night out, because <laughs> um, let's face it, Exeter aren't gonna win the the Carabao Cup, are they? Um, I think the furthest they would like to think they can get as the third round possibly where they could get another big team but you know although saying that getting a Premier League team away if you get someone like West Ham at home that will probably be on on TV which would obviously bring in good revenue good TV money um and um but yeah I, I don't know I, I I wouldn't mind getting a, a nice big team away um well, I think you've, both, you've I think you've both summed up the two divide divides there. I think you know some are exactly like Daniel want to try and get as far as they can and then get a tie against someone like yeah. Man City or Manchester United. And there's the others that you know want the big tie now. You know, and um, certainly West Ham. You know, especially away. You know, the Olympic Stadium. It's not bad. Well, that wouldn't be a bad, uh, like you said, night out, would it? No, I suppose. It's, it's, I guess there's other fans who will be uh, looking at the Plymouth Argyle in the draw to get that to get that local really... derby that we we're not going to see in the league sadly this season, but could could get in the cup. Neither you fancy that one then? Well, I'm, I know it would turn them over easily, and so <laughs> not really much of a challenge. But uh, I suspect that you know there might be a few you know fans who you know they miss the, the local derbies against against Argyle, and you know would would be you know, particularly you know, given Argyle haven't quite hit their, their heights in the league so far this season. Obviously, it was a great win in the cup for them at Bristol, but you know particularly if you got that tie at home, I think there's a lot of fan, you know people who might fancy. You know, you know, getting the win and getting some bragging rights for the season. You know, if you got if you got them at home at this moment in time, where you don't have the away stand, you'd outnumber their fans quite quite easily, wouldn't you? <laughs> It'd be quite strange actually to have a, a derby <laughs> in front of two stands. Yeah, I'm not sure if he's quite so safe in the in, in the press box for you know right next to the Argyle fans. Could be <laughs> could be an interesting experience for that one, but. Well, there we go. We'll, we'll, see, we'll see who we get, and then obviously next week we'll reflect on whoever it is that Exeter got out of the hat. And just finally, we'll just look forward to Newport County now then. Um, that's the next game up. Obviously, they're coming off the back of a great win against a team two leagues above them. Is there the chance that there could be you know, some concentration issues, or do you think that Matt Taylor will have them fired up and ready for this game? Well, I spoke to Taylor after the game, obviously, and you know he immediately said, right, that was great, well done, now we think about Newport. Um, and it's the right thing to do because, you know, it's such a quick turnaround. Um, Newport have started really well. They beat Cambridge 4-1 away on Tuesday in the Cup, which sets out a bit of a, a statement. And they beat Crew on Saturday, who previously thrashed uh, Morecambe 6-0. So, again, it just shows League 2, anyone can beat anyone. Um, Exeter's record against Newport isn't actually... That great, they only won two of the last six, and um, 
having been to a few of these games recently, they're such a strong physical team. Perhaps don't play the most fluent football, but you know it's effective and, and gets results. So I think it will be the first real test X to have had this season. Um, I'm not expecting a, a classic game. I think it will be a, a scrappy affair as it normally is, um, separated by one goal, two at most. Um, but yeah, you know Taylor um, hinted perhaps at some more changes. Um, you know, obviously he made four on Tuesday from the side that won at Morecambe. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised to, to see a few more. Um, you know, so do you think he'll, so as I said, do you think he'll go back to the sort of team that he had uh, against Morecambe or do you think it could be more the team against Ipswich? I think it would be more the, the Morecambe game. Yeah, I think, um, I think obviously Dean Moxie and Lee Holmes were, were rested for the Tuesday night game and I suspect they'll come, come back into Sir Jonathan Fort as well, I think. Mm comes back in I mean that the you know the only sort of you know you might be looking as to you know you know obviously the first you know Lee Martin particularly impressed out in in the wide areas so he might you know look to come in and then you know possibly to see who who drops out of the midfield possibly Jordan Tilson drops out well you know because obviously Jake Taylor's captain is likely to play so and particularly it's a home game as well so you might feel you can get away with a Taylor and Boateng central midfield duo which perhaps you, you wouldn't fancy uh, away from home but I, I wouldn't ex- I'm not expecting too many changes you know sort of um, from the from the well from the side from last Saturday but you know as we as we've been saying the likes of you know Collins and Sparks and and Abrahams you know they did their their case no harm at all on Tuesday night and you know they might be a little disappointed if they if they didn't start but you know, it's a, it's a good problem to have at this stage. Lots of lots of talented players, all you know, who deserve a start. I don't think, I think at the moment Matt Taylor will be wondering what all these managers that made it a hard job will be thinking with the start that he's made. <laughs> but thank yeah. you to both of you for joining me today. Um, we'll be back again next week, and obviously we'll look back on the cup draw, the, the, whatever happens again in the Newport County game, and we'll be looking forward towards a game against a certain MK Don. So I'm sure there'll be uh, plenty of things to talk about there. Thanks for joining us. <laughs>